Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That again, freetalklive.com. Starting things out here with uh, some quick news, and then we'll get into a story that Toby brought in about copyright law getting, uh, well, possibly, uh, I don't see any reason why it won't be put through, but getting much, much more restrictive. So that'll be appropriate, considering intellectual property has been a topic on the show over the past week or so. But first, from Lynchburg, Virginia... I'm sure a number of our listeners will be pretty pleased with this news. The Reverend Jerry Falwell, who founded the Moral Majority and built the religious right into a political force, died today shortly after being found unconscious in his office at Liberty University. How old was he? 73. Yeah, it's a pretty good life. What's the average age for men? Like 77 nowadays? Some number similar to that. Something like that. I don't know if they figured out how he uh, how he bought the farm, but... Apparently, one of his assistants said that they had had breakfast with him, and he was fine at breakfast, and then they just happened to go into his office later on in the day and found him uh, unresponsive, and he later died. So, uh, So one of the biggest religious zealots in the country has passed away, and I find this particularly... Enjoyable. Normally, I don't. I, I, normally, I'm not gleeful over someone's death. Normally, I wouldn't wish death on anyone. But this well, we guy in particular, die. right? Well, we are all going to die. But this guy in particular is just scum of the earth to me. And uh, this is the same guy who, after Hurricane Katrina and Hurricanes Katrina and Rita, uh, just did, uh, just demolished the uh, the South. Uh, Mississippi and and uh, Louisiana. This is the guy who turned to those people and he told them that, well, they've no one to blame but themselves. They've lost God, and this was God punishing that area for for accepting homosexuality or living in sin or whatever it was that he was uh, admonishing them for. Apparently, Jerry Falwell was right at the average the average uh, ma- the average age of death for a uh, white male in Virginia is uh, seventy six point zero four years. Well, he was seventy three. I'm sorry, seventy three point zero. I can't even read the damn thing. Seventy three point zero four years. Okay. So he uh, he's had some health scares in the past, but uh, now he's finally croaked, and I say it's a good thing. Yeah, I'd really just hope that his following dies out with him. I don't know about that. I, you know, he's certainly got. I'm sure he's got some people waiting in the wings to take over his organization. Well, you know, I disagree with everything I've ever heard come out of the guy's mouth, but I can't be gleeful of the guy dying. I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just don't like it. But the world is a better place now. Um, we don't have to hear his hate mongering. Come on, look, he got his uh, position because people want a want to he- um, hear it and want to pay to hear it, and yep. b other people want to be shocked and horrified by it, so therefore they want to hear it too. Mm. He's simply delivering a message that people want to hear, whether or not they want to believe it. It's um, up to the individual listener, but. We would read his stuff on the air. Yeah, but Why? The because is, we want to hear it. He he delivered it to people who didn't want to hear. He went to uh, funerals of military members. No, no, no. That, 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 that was Fred Phelps. That's oh, that's Fred, Fred Phelps. Phelps. That's the crazy. Um, I have a different guy in mind. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, the only real difference between Jerry Falwell and Fred Phelps is that Fred Phelps is just a tiny bit crazier, and Fred Phelps will actually show up and get in the face of the people that he disagrees with, whereas Jerry Falwell will sit back on his wood, have sat back on his 700 Club show or whatever, and... Then trash, then trash talk people. Right. So 
I well, mean, maybe he'll be the next to go. It's a very, that very... Was, that, that one definitely would make me happy, the, I can say that. The difference here is in degrees, really, more, uh, more so than anything else. And I'm trying to remember what other outrageous things that he has said recently. I know that he blamed Katrina and Rita on homosexuals. What else did he blame on homosexuals recently? There was something else. It was like the military. Wasn't something about the military? Wasn't he saying that was because? Isn't that why that? Didn't he say that was the reason why the United States is losing in Iraq because of homosexuals Seems or something like, like that? He, he, He's just so nuts. Right. He would say a bunch of shocking stuff. That's for sure. A bunch of things that made no sense logically. And of course, when you toss God into the mix, you can toss logic out the window. Um, you know, they, you don't have to have it. When when it comes to miracles and God's intervention, <laughs> you don't have to have logic. Yeah, that's true. In fact, the other night when we had somebody on the phones, I don't know if it was Saturday or sometime this week, but we we had somebody on the phone and they were talking about how Christians, it was Saturday, they were talking about how Christians love people. They just made this blanket statement and there are absolutely Christians out there that love other people sure. and that lo- even love um, gay people, even though they might not personally like the idea of, of gay people, they still will, will have some, some caring for them. Right. Some, so when of, I some think of them of, can, can, can put the, uh, the sin of you know, gayness into perspective, mm-hmm. you know, um, where they would be loving to, towards somebody who had committed some other sin or was living a particular life of some type of sin. They won't be loving towards, um, you know, some people won't, some Christians won't be loving towards gay people. Right. And like, like that's the worst sin out there or something. And it's when I, not. and when I think of people, when I think of Christians who aren't very loving, Jerry Falwell is the first person that comes to mind. Gotcha. He also gives all other Christians a bad name too. Because exactly. He's the kind of person that everyone points to as the reason to really not like Christians. So I think other Christians, uh, you know, actual real Christians should hope uh, they should hope for what you suggested toby and that is that his organization is just sort of peter out and and disappear rather than continuing to preach their meth, uh, their message of of hatred and uh, excluding others in fact uh, speaking of of christians that that hate other people for being different there was a john stossel special or i guess a 2020 special that john stossel did a segment of about um it was about faith and religion in general but there was a, a good 10 minute segment about atheists and I saw the video on, on YouTube the other day from this just a segment of the show. And it followed the um, the life of a little, uh, I guess, a 16-year-old girl who had moved with her family into a small town. And it looked like the Midwest. But they'd moved into this small town and, you know, probably not the greatest idea for this family because small-town America, not a good place for an out atheist. Because hmm. a lot of atheists will keep quiet. They'll stay in the closet, so to speak. Right. This family, not so. Um, the family, mom and dad, atheists, daughter, atheist as well. And so uh, she joined the school basketball team. And after the basketball game, she discovered that they um, said the Lord's Prayer. The team and the, and the opposing team would gather around in a circle in the center of the court. And everyone in the entire place would engage in saying the Lord's Prayer at a school, a government school uh, sponsored event. Of course, the government school's excuse is, well, you know, if kids want to voluntarily pray, then that's their business. Course, I have to agree with that, though. It seemed awfully sanctioned when it, you know, happens right in the middle of the basketball court with everyone else getting involved. Nonetheless, um, she obviously felt uncomfortable about that as, as someone who's an atheist and um, didn't want to participate. And she was uh, she was suspended from the school. She was, she was suspended for yeah. not saying the prayer? Well, they found some other you know, ah. BS reasons to suspend her. Uh, she said that kids made fun of her at school. 
for being an atheist. She said that uh, even the teachers were talking trash about her behind her back. Mm. And it was just a, just a sad story. This poor little girl, she was she was crying overall. I'm sure this, she was. You know? And uh, so that, that when I think of uh, Christians that, that hate others, those are the types of people that come to mind. People like Jerry Falwell. People that are constantly preaching a message of hating your neighbor unless they're exactly like you. So good riddance, Jerry. 800-259-9231. Here's some other, other uh, short news, but uh, this is bad news. Uh, the... Opie and Anthony show has been suspended now for 30 days from XM Radio. Hmm. Now, we talked about this last week, and uh, apparently they, they had a homeless guy on the show, allegedly, and he this is an XM show, and it's labeled explicit language, so people should know that they're going to encounter something pretty outrageous by listening to this show. What a surprise. And sure enough, uh, they did exactly as promised, and they provided an outrageous homeless guy who wanted to rape uh, Condoleezza Rice or was talking about raping Condoleezza Rice and raping the Queen of England and some other, Margaret Thatcher, I don't know, some other politician, bimbo. Uh, and it, it struck a chord, I guess, with a lot of people. People were pretty upset about this, mm-hmm. which I don't understand because it was on a satellite radio service that advertises itself as being outside of FCC restrictions and advertises itself as being explicit. So why it is that uh, XM has decided to suspend these guys, I don't know. I guess they're just as, you know, oversensitized as the rest of America, but I think it's embar- I think it's an embarrassment to their service and if I were an XM subscriber, I'd consider canceling. More on the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features for free, including live streams, the broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well. Both of them completely free for you at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest, and it's June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who made the move, as well as socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And I think all three of us are going to be attending Porkfest. Is that correct? Sounds like a great time. I can't wait to be there. I'm going to be there. And are, how long are you going for, Toby? I'm going for uh, the weekend, the entire weekend. I'm going up Friday evening, and I'm leaving either Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, we're actually taping a, a special episode of Free Minds TV up there. So Very cool. If you want to be on the episode, go up to Porkfest and look us up, and you Neat. can easily be on it. Awesome. Uh, so that's all going on, and I look forward to seeing you there as well, porkfest.com. We're talking about the Opie and Anthony suspension just kind of updating you, this is, uh, I guess, uh, breaking news as of this afternoon. Uh, apparently, they had a so-called homeless guy on their XM show, and uh, he started trash-talking and, uh, and uh, you know, cursing, which is what happens. It's an uncensored satellite show, and, and I guess they were upset. I guess certain people got upset because he was talking about raping Condoleezza Rice and raping the Queen of England, which, you know, it's it's a certain brand of humor that appeals to 
I'm sure, a very small demographic, but nonetheless, people that are voluntarily choosing to tune into this show absolutely knew what they were getting into. Right. So I I, I wouldn't consider I don't consider that very funny. Perhaps I'd listen to it for a moment just to see how far they'd take it. But I wouldn't tune in on a daily basis to listen to something like that. Um, But I know that some people would. It right. really makes me wonder who was complaining about this. Was it the people who actually were listening to it, or is it people who heard about it? And I'm thinking that it probably wasn't people who were actually listening to it, listening to it, because typically people who listen to Opie, Opie and Anthony want exactly that. They want to pretty much as vulgar as you can get. So I don't know. Right. And you know, the, this is a service. XM. It's a pay service. You have to pay on a monthly basis, like 12 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, something like that, to get access to their service. And so you know in advance what you're what you're getting. And if you if you don't like it, there's a you know a hundred other channels you can go and listen to. It's just amazing to me. This story is really just all about how oversensitized the the bulk of America has become. Everyone in America seems to be looking for something to be offended about. Right. And, you know, if you're offended, then, all right, that's uh, okay. Now you got something to talk about at work or whatever. I don't know what, what the deal is with it because I just, don't, I just don't understand it. If I see something that offends me, then I go somewhere else. Right. I, I mean, you know, that's what the whole purpose of this channel is. Wow. Somebody got offended by the most offensive show out there. What a surprise. That, right, and that was well that was the sell behind moving them to satellite in the first place. Right. Right, they were now too they offensive. A, right, they were then. too offensive for terrestrial radio because they got in trouble and they got fired by CBS mm-hmm. Radio about 5 years ago. And then XM picked them up and said, "Hey, we're pay service. We can do whatever we want. We'll let them say whatever they want. Come on over here and pay for our service and and enjoy this, you know, trashy radio." So one of the things that people a lot of people really like about XM is the fact that they're Going, listening to stuff that's completely uncensored. Um, Which is why I, if I were an XM subscriber, and if I were... And, and this has got to be a tough place for, for Opie and Anthony fans to be, for instance. Like, you know, you're if you're an Opie and Anthony fan, you're subscribing to XM, and this is the same company, you're paying on a monthly basis to now suspend the reason why you're subscribing to the service in the first place. So, do you cancel your subscription? and thereby pull your support from both the show that you like and the company behind it? Or do you just complain and then sit on your thumbs for, for 30 days while you wait for your show to come back? Yeah, I don't know what you would that's do. A tough, that's a tough situation. I would think that... I would, would pull my support from it. Yeah, I think I would cancel my subscription for a month if there isn't some kind of sign-up fee. There you go. Yeah. Um, because... It, hey, again, you, uh, you canceled my show for a month. I'll be canceling my subscription for a month when you bring Opie and Anthony back. I'll come back. Right. The, this would but be a I'm perfect not opportunity. That I don't get. This could be a perfect opportunity for them to start. I don't know if they do, but start podcasting. Maybe sell their podcast. Even uh, this would give an opportunity for to break away. Th- to break away and give those listeners who don't want to support XM because of this a chance to still support Opie and Anthony. Well, now here's the strangest thing about the story. CBS Radio syndicates them out um, on the on the terrestrial radio stations on a certain number of them now. So they do both an XM show. And a, C- and a radio show as well. And what is very bizarre is XM here is saying they're going to suspend them for 30 days, while CBS is turning around and saying, we're going to have them on the air tomorrow morning. So they're going to be on the radio radio, but not on XM? What is that? What sort of a message does that send? And this is CBS, the same company that just fired Don Imus and just fired another show in New York called JV and... I think it was New York or D.C., one or the other. JV and Elvis 
or the host there, they yeah. were fired for doing a Chinese joke on the air because it was, you know, because someone did a Chinese accent and right. uh, and somebody got offended and complained, and so they fired the, one of their morning shows from a major market over it. But they're keeping Opie and Anthony on? They, I mean, it's just a strange situation. And, and get a load of XM's uh, comment here. Quote, this is from their press release. Comments made by Opie and Anthony on Wednesday, yesterday's broadcast put into question whether they appreciate the seriousness of the matter. So it sounds like they got on the air and maybe joked about how sorry they were. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of. They're not really sorry, but they're joking about it, and so they're not as serious as the boss might want them to appear. Quote, the management of XM Radio decided to suspend them to make clear that our on-air talent must take seriously the responsibility that creative freedom requires of them. Unquote. To take seriously the responsibility that creative freedom requires of them. What kind of wordplay is that? What kind of appeasement is that exactly? It doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, there's comedians out there that do jokes that are equally as offensive. They are. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they because they don't have a boss in the same sense, they don't have to deal with the, with the same problem. XM, look, you wanted the most offensive radio show you could get because they have listeners. They mm-hmm. are talented in their, in, in, in their delivery of this utter garbage that they deliver on a regular basis. And there's people out there willing to pay for it. You wanted this. You got it to suspend them. I think it's just, it's ridiculous. There you go. If you've got thoughts, 800-259-9231. Let's go into the phone calls. Uh, you can take control. Let's talk to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind, sir? Um, I had a bit of an idea about um, immigration in business. Integration, immigration, immigration in business. Yeah, in business. Okay, what Correct. about it? Now, let's say you are calling your one of your users. We'll say. Uh, okay. Yeah, are you on a cell phone? Yeah, let me try calling back. Is that okay? Yeah, do okay. that. Do that. We'll take you back, uh, and then we'll talk immigration with you later. Aaron in Alabama, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, to tell you all a little that happened around here. Y'all were talking about how things happen in uh, these small town areas. Yes. Um, there was an anti-gay, uh, or there was actually a, 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 a day where gays were supposed to have a day of silence or something. Um, are y'all going to break? Yeah, we are. I uh, just was trying to get a, a taste for what you were going to talk about. Oh, so, I'll, I'll just wait. Yep, well, hang on. 800-259-9231. We'll find out what uh, this was all about. Some sort of a uh, gay rally. I'm guessing some hateful Christians got involved. That's my prediction. We'll find out. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. And that includes the updates. You just get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and, of course, meddling bureaucrats. All of these people want your money, home, and your car. 
What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. You know, this isn't exactly. This isn't just for uh, rich people. This is for anybody who wants to keep their stuff. That um, makes sense. Yeah, it's not priced. It's not priced crazy. I I already know. Go check it out. Great. 800-259-9231. Let's go back to Aaron in Alabama, who had uh, just begun to tell us a story. Uh, yeah. They uh, so they had that uh, anti. Well, it was a, it was a it was a day to respect gay people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they were gonna have a day of silence because of uh, you know all the disrespect that they get. Well, this person was choosing to participate, and this is a very conservative area. And um, well, he, people found out around the school that he was gonna participate, and he got suspended for three days. And the excuse was that. It was to protect him so that, you know, if he did do this, all the people that were against gays would actually, you know, not be able to beat him up or anything because he wouldn't even be there. But if they wanted and, to beat him up, they could beat him up any old time. Well, exactly, exactly. And so the ACLU, you know, is calling for an apology and, and all this junk. But I just thought that was really uh, really interesting how, you know, these students that do choose to, you know, go out on a limb, just like the Christians do. You know, the Christians get all these rights. They get the right to, you know, have have prayer and whatnot well you know the gays you know who want some rights as well you know not not, they're not trying to you know force their views on anybody he was just going to do a simple silent uh, protest i guess and he gets suspended for that because of uh you know violence and and threats and whatnot but so was he going to do the protest at school yeah yeah he was going to stand there i think i think he was going to have a sign or something or uh or well, I'm not, they've done I, I, these all over the United States, the Gay and Straight Alliance. Um, what they do is they have a day of silence to represent the people who feel silenced, um, the gays who feel silenced and are afraid to come out of the closet because of acts of violence and stuff. So it's supposed to be people who respect um, gay and lesbian rights to kind of be silent with them for a day. So you may or exactly. may not be gay. Right. It doesn't matter. I know they did it at my high school and at my college. Um, and they actually wear, wore T-shirts to signify that they were being silent, and they talked to the administration. And up here, the administration said, fine, we'll respect uh, everyone's right who wants to participate. We won't make them participate in class or anything. So right. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Right. Aaron? Well, that, that's it for me. Uh, y'all have a good one. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Marlon in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Marlon. Hello, Ian. Hi, Mark. Hey. Hey, Toby's here, too. What's on your mind? Oh, hey, Toby. How's it going? Um... Last night I heard you uh, get on a little bit about uh, deregulation of uh, electric companies. Yeah, wouldn't that be lovely? (laughs) Well, I went through it in Texas, and uh, I have a little firsthand experience on how it happened. Okay. Um, What happens is the main company at the time was Houston Lighting and Power, and when deregulation hit, they... uh, they broke off in, into uh, subdivisions of companies. Mm-hmm. Kind of like one was Centerpoint Energy, who handle who now handles all the uh, maintenance on the on the lines, and that's who you call if there's a power outage mm-hmm. of some sort. And then you have the uh, these other companies that that buy up the electricity from uh, Centerpoint because they they have all the lines at a wholesale cost, and then then sell it to try to get customers and sell it to other consumers. Mm-hmm. But there's still a monopoly on the lines themselves. Right. 
So the uh, so the transmission companies are basically um, privatized, whereas the line owners are are monopol uh, is a monopolies situation. Correct. Got it. And how so did it work still, out? Um, prices did lower a little bit, but it, it wasn't it wasn't like they they promoted it was going to be. It didn't lower it as much as they said it was going to be. So it, well, it was sure. kind of I mean, disappointing. I get, it's all based on what the wholesale price is coming from that monopoly uh, line provider. And there's some, there's some logistic difficulties in that uh, I can understand why the city or the people, um, you know, thereabouts don't want to see more than one set of line, power lines run because, you know, that would right. it's just ugly. Sort of right. and, and although if there were a second set of power lines, things would change dramatically in the cost mm-hmm. of um, energy. We've already got lines. What's another two? I, I think that this is an issue that'll solve itself relatively quickly in the next couple of next coming decades, um, two three decades. You mean alternative power? Th- there'll, there'll be something out there that'll change. I, something that we don't even see at this point which yeah. will change it. Um, the cost of windmills will go down. The cost of solar panels will go down. The cost of uh, geothermal power will go down. Just the kind of things that the, that you can use to uh, take yourself off the grid. Right. I'd really like to see those things come down in price to where more average people can afford them. Because right now you really got to have a a good chunk of cha- uh, cash on hand to mm-hmm. to get into that stuff. And, and if it's re- if it's something that's um, something that an average folk uh, person can can reach, then the power companies will have to reduce their rates in order to not lose customers. And that that'll help uh, drive. That'll help drive competition and better service for everybody. But you were and saying, the main and 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 the highest the highest company in the area is still is uh, the former HLMP, which uh, became Reliant Energy. They were the main company in the beginning, mm-hmm. and they're still the highest highest uh, rate providers out there. They say because we own we pretty much own the lines, which they have the division, which is Centerpoint Energy, and we provide better service and. That sort of thing. We we have the people that fix your lines, and so we got to afford to pay them. That, that sort of thing. So. so okay, so there there are different transmission providers, but there's only one line. Uh, since the lines are all owned by one company, then they're the company that you call when you need a repair. So have uh, have repairs even gotten any better? Because in many cases. Uh, in many cases, repairs are based on who lives in the richest neighborhood as far as if a, a disaster strikes and a bunch of houses go out. I, I think power. repairs have gotten better. Uh, I do think that that has happened. Um, so even they they normally steps. give you time when you call. Once you call, they'll say, they'll say you know, between uh, two to four hours you should expect power on. Right. So even, uh, even a few steps in the right direction have made a difference. Correct. Very good. Thank you, Marlon. We appreciate the information. 800. As far as I'm concerned, any competition centered in the marketplace is good. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, competition, copyright. Let's go into that story because apparently things are poised to get much, much worse. We've talked about intellectual property off and on over the past week or so on the show. And now at the federal level, there's another, there's, I guess Homeland Security and others are pushing for more a more intrusive, more draconian copyright law. Am yep. I understanding that right? Tell Not me. only more draconian law uh, over everything, but also the title of this is Attempted Copyright Infringement. Um, this is from CNET. Eternal, Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez is pressing, pressing the U.S. Congress to enact sweeping intelligent uh, intellectual property bill that would increase criminal penalties for copyright infringement, including attempts to commit piracy. Hmm. To meet the global challenges of IP crime, our criminal laws must keep up must be kept updated. 
Gonzalez said during the speech before the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in Washington on Monday. Now, it, there's a, quite a few things that I just wanted to point out here that I'll do and then talk about them a little. Okay. The, the first one is criminalize attempting to infringe a copyright. That's uh, that's enough to freak me out. No, like, as what far does as that mean? That means yeah, what it, does that mean? It, it, anything, if you're trying to get um, something that doesn't belong to you, such as downloading a song, you just try to do it and you don't do it, well, now you can spend one to ten years in prison for that. But, but okay, that's a, that's a conspiracy charge then, isn't it? Is, it's crazy. What, I mean, what if oh, I was thinking about doing it and then at the last moment I decide I didn't want to? It's too bad. I, it's too bad. I mean, here's the quote from um, Gonzalez. It is a general tenet that our criminal law that um, those who attempt to commit a crime um, do not and do not complete it are morally just as morally culpable as those who succeed in doing so. Uh, we'll get back into this. So if you go to a torrent site and search for your favorite TV show, I, I guess that would qualify as an attempt to commit piracy. 800-259-9231. We'll talk about this and, and uh, this awful idea called thought crime. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You want to help support the show, considering we give you all the features on the website for free, which is in stark contrast to so many other radio show sites want to charge you. We do ask that you voluntarily support us by becoming an amplifier, as have, as have done over 380 of our listeners at amp.freetalklive.com. They've decided that they like Free Talk Live so much, they're going to send us three bucks a month. And it's easy. We do it to any major credit card or PayPal and some alternative options as well. But the idea is you send in that money and we turn it around into advertising, marketing, promoting, and the name AMP, Free Talk Live. And that means that more radio stations will pick up the show. We just got an agreement from a, a new station yesterday. As a matter of fact, we'll be announcing them, I think, next weekend. And all of these things are happening because of AMP. I mean, seriously, we're getting over 27 I think over $2,700 in a month now yep. from the AMP program. Believe me, a- AMP helps us get on more stations, helps um, spread the word of liberty to people that have never heard it. Yep. If you don't believe that it uh, spreads um, the ideas and concepts of liberty and freedom to people who have never heard it, listen to the Saturday show. Mm-hmm. Because hey. there's people on every week that have never heard anything like this before. They're yep. baffled by what they hear. They don't know what to do. And they don't know what to think. You know, the three dollars a month um, that that you contribute really does go a long way. That's yep. how I found it. That's right. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about that program. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we continue to discuss new regulations, new laws that are being proposed at the federal level in regards to copyright so-called infringement. And, of course, this ties into the discussion of intellectual property we've been having on the show. And you had just started to go into the laundry list of different things that this le- proposed legislation that is being pushed by not only the whatever the bill sponsors are, whatever reps are the sponsors, but also Alberto Gonzalez, the attorney general, yeah. the Bush administration in general, all pushing for this in order to give more power to the recording industry and, uh, and other, uh, other big copyright holders like that. So one of the first provisions is that attempted copyright infringement will become a crime yeah. where if you think about and attempt to download a song or download a movie or a music or whatever off the internet and somehow somebody finds out about it you could be put into jail for what was it up to 10 years yeah currently federal law um punishes not-for-profit copyright infringement such as downloading a picture you like a, a cd and not making any money off it 
um, with one to ten years in prison. That's ridiculous. What this new legisla- legislation does is just takes takes out the actual crime and says if it's an attempt, mm. um, you're going to do it. So that's that's scary enough in itself. But that this bill doesn't stop here. Um, the next thing on here is it creates a new crime of life life imprisonment imprisonment for using pirated software. Now, oh my. Now, this is uh, the example that they give in here is, say, you work at a hospital and you have a pirated version of Windows and a trauma patient comes in and um, something happens to them, like they get injured or they're hurt, Mm -hmm. but the Windows software was on the desktop in there. Someone could go to jail for life for for that. I'm sorry. So, wait, wait, wait. Is this only for people in hospitals or it's anybody with pirated software could do life in prison? The law, uh, the law would say anyone using counterfeit products who recklessly causes or attempts to cause death can be imprisoned for life. Um, and this is the example that they gave was the hospital version. So if you are, if if you go out and and attempt to cause death, like uh, hurt somebody or, or harm anything, harm reckless. somebody, and and they look at your computer and they find out you've got a pirated copy of Windows, you'll have extra. Uh, extra charges. It hardly seems you. like these two things are related. But no, okay. really. Uh, yeah. What's the? How did they make that connection? I, I have absolutely no idea. It, Somebody must have, must have made the accusation somewhere. Hmm. Okay. Um, permit more wiretaps for uh, uh, privacy um, violations. So basi- oh boy. basically, boy. if they suspect that you are right now, they're supposed to um, get a warrant um, and find you if you they think that you actually have downloaded it but now if they think that you're attempting to or you might be thinking about it they can get a wiretap for it um it will allow computers to be seized more readily um specifically properties such as pcs intended to be used in any manner to commit a copyright crime would be subject to forfeiture including civil assets for pcs that were intended to be used to commit copyright crimes it means i go down to um the store and buy myself a laptop and they think that i'm bringing it home to download a song with i they could technically take They're it criminal yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it seems like they're going on a limb with that one <laughs> it seems like they're going to live with a lot of this stuff um, increase penalties for violating the Digital Millennium Copyright Act's anti-circumvention regulations. Um, currently, criminal uh, criminal violations are currently punished by um, one year in one to ten years in jails and fines up to one million dollars. Uh, the I- IPA would add forfeiture penalties to this as well, so ones that were previously used in drug cases such as um, a cocaine bust or something where they take seize the house. Well, now they want to do that for copyright infringements as well. So you're telling me that it, let's see if I understand this right. You're telling me that if they they catch somebody for downloading something or maybe even thinking about downloading something that they can take their car, they can take their home, they can take things. It's a possibility. Wow. Add penalties for um intended copyright crimes. Um currently certain copyright crimes require someone to commit the distribution including by electronic means during any 180-day period at least 10 times, valued at over $2,500, the IPPA would insert new prohibition actions that were intended to consist of distribution. So that means if you're running a little shindig thing and you try and normally, uh, they say, if you're selling DVDs out of your home that are copyrighted or something, uh, you have to sell at least 10 every 130 days and uh, t- $2,500 worth of property. Now, if you uh, sell one to your friend for a dollar, they can get you for You're up done. to a million dollars. You're done. Federal crime. Federal crime, million dollars. God. Does this seem a little excessive to you, Mark? It absolutely does. 
require Homeland Security to alert the Recording Industry Association of America. Um, this would happen when compact discs with unauthorized fixations of the sounds or sounds and images of live musical performance are attempted to be imported into the United States. Now, so you can't import bootlegs, or yeah, you can't import foreign concerts? I find it hilarious that Homeland Security is on this, protecting us from... Yeah, this is this is Homeland Security. <laughs> yeah. this, this is what Homeland Security is doing for us. Right, they're essentially just they're doing what ex, whatever it is the RIAA wants them to do. The Recording Industry Association of America, they want a crackdown on music piracy. They're going to kill themselves. They, well, because their business format is is getting a little antiquated, yeah. and uh, they want to do everything they can to extend their power, to extend their influence as long as they possibly uh, possibly can. And they're willing to use the guns of government to do it. That's what this is all about. Uh, yep. But don't worry. It's all for the good of the American worker. Is that right? Any plan to stop IP theft will benefit the economy and the American worker, said Representative Lamar Smith of Texas. I'm pretty sure the American workers are uh, a good percentage of the people engaging in piracy, downloading music, that sort of thing, are American workers. Yeah, they're pretty sure working. about that. And well, at I, least they will be at some point. It, well, I doubt it that uh, I doubt that throwing them in a jail cell for one to ten years as a result of thinking about going to download a song or downloading an actual song is going to help the American economy. I, I doubt apl- that. I applaud the Attorney General for recognizing the need to protect protect intellectual property. This is what happens, you know, when you want the government to protect it, to protect your ideas. This is the road it goes down. It goes down ever more draconian penalties, ever more just insanity. See, That's right, what we're getting from them. right now. We've seen a lot of the RIAA going after people with civil penalties, trying to sue them for scare them into settling for three thousand right. dollars out of court. Um, but what this really does is gets criminal penalties involved and puts the fear in people that they could spend a year to ten years in jail mm-hmm. yeah. when they didn't make a penny off of the song that they downloaded. It, 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 it seems crazy to me. It seems like a civil issue, not a uh, criminal issue. But it doesn't. Doesn't this seem like something that's going to just sail right through Congress? I, I find that I, I I don't think this is going to have very much uh, opposition. You know, I, I was looking at some of the um, other blogs about this, and what a lot of them were saying is the sponsors of this are Republicans, but t- um, typically uh, Democrats are backed by um, Hollywood and the Hollywood types. They're which behind is, this. Who, which puts them behind this as well. So mm-hmm. it's coming on. It's not. It's a not. A It'll bipartisan be a bipartisan effort. Exactly, which is crush, very scary to crush people's uh, freedom to, to to transfer ideas between the two of them uh, to or to share music well, to ruin lives and waste money and yeah. and time. I mean, right? Because how many bureaucrats are going to be put on the job? How many Department of Homeland Security bureaucrats are going to be put on the job of enforcing these new laws? What sort of a you know crack team of experts will be put together to uh, to investigate these sorts of things to to tap people's phones to find out if they're downloading music? I think mostly hack into people's computers. You're talking about uh, uh, up to this point has been RAA hired investigators, right? But now the Department of Homeland Security is going to be behind this. It's not yeah. even going to help anything. I mean, the the people are still going to be out there downloading music, but a few people's lives will be completely ruined. That's true, and then they'll hold them up to make an example out of them, so they'll. Get them what they'll do is when they bust the first person for this they'll probably give them the 10-year sentence to really show america we're showing america we're serious because that's the kind of crap that they do your thoughts at 800-259-9231 hour two's come up it's free talk live one of the bonuses you'll get as a free talk live amplifier is access to our classic archives 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Bring what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That, again, freetalklive.com. As we go right into the phone calls, let's talk to Jarvis in Pennsylvania. Jarvis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, it's some follow-up of an article you guys talked about about, I think, a month ago um, okay. about some Wilmington policeman who killed uh, an ex-Marine named Derek Hale uh, when he was sitting on the front porch of a friend's house when he was uh, house-sitting. Right. Uh, yeah, they executed him. The, uh, this, uh, they a, a, a bunch of cops just came up in, I guess it was pretty much broad daylight, in front of the entire neighborhood and just executed this man. That's right. They uh, showed up. There's 14 cops that showed that pulled up. They tasered him seven times. Uh, they kept telling him to take his hands out of his pocket. He's wearing a, a hoodie, a sweatshirt. You guys call them hoodies. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, his uh, well, now widow, his his wife was uh, telling the cops he was trying to take his hands out, and they just kept tasering him over and over again. He was like writhing. Um, and then finally, one of them just you know shot him at basically point blank range. Uh, shot him three times uh, in the chest, point blank. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the, the Delaware Attorney General, I guess, did uh, an investigation, um, and he just issued the report uh, of the investigation on Friday, and he concluded that uh, Police Lieutenant William Brown was justified when he shot and killed Derek Hale, what? Uh, of a, a member of the Pagans Motorcycle Club, and will not be subject to criminal prosecution. It is it is absolutely the case again and again that cops can get away with murder, and this is yet another example of it. If there's any case where I thought the cops were going down, I thought it would be this one because I reading there were witnesses it, here. Yeah, they have the whole description out, and I would encourage people to go look it up. You can you can see point by point what happened with all the witness descriptions on there, and it makes it made me tingle to read how it literally was an execution squad that just killed this man. It is. It's incredible. Um, and uh, so it's not, com- yeah, he's still not completely um, going to be unculpable or whatever. There's still a civil lawsuit, but uh, this is probably going to be used against that um, as evidence. That but of course, the out. rest of us would have been held criminally liable oh, for yeah. something like this. Absolutely. If any one of us had shot somebody three times in the chest after, after well, he was them. trying to submit, <laughs> after the man was yelling out how he was trying to submit to them. Like he wasn't actually yelling. yelling. He, he, his voice was, uh, he wasn't able to speak very loudly. He was kind of whispering. He's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And his wife was the one who was screaming at the cops uh, that he was trying to get I thought. Up. I thought it was his female friend that was there, but nonetheless, there was some... It could there was, be. I, I might a, have that detail. There was on. a female right there, I mean, within, within feet from where this happened. And then there was a neighbor, some guy that was working construction or something like that, who was also nearby, who saw this, uh, saw this brutality and commented. And one of the cops approached him and said, "All effing show you right. uh, brutal." Silenced him right or there. Something like overkill. that. Yeah, all right, effing, that's overkill. Yeah, overkill. That's overkill. And then yeah. they went and, and uh, popped this guy in the chest three times. Right. And now the now the district attorney's saying, "Oh, no." Justified. Oh, and he was completely innocent too of everything. Oh yeah, he didn't have drugs, and he wasn't doing he what was they thought he was doing. Still As I recall, he was down there volunteering for Toys for Tots. Or That's something. right. As, That's as right. many bikers do. 
It's a, yeah. uh, there's a huge, there, there's huge, there are huge charity events that bikers get involved in on a yearly basis, and Toys for Tots is, is one of their charities. And uh, so, just another tragic story, uh, just another now footnote in the sick history of police brutality in this country. Police brutality that has gone almost virtually unchallenged. It is so rare in these cases that police, actual police officers, law enforcement officers, will get in trouble for the things that they do. So rare. And this is yet and another... And even worse, the example. other cops won't speak out against it. I mean, this is... Of course I mean, not. Yeah, it's I, the thin blue line, man. Your, They close I, the absolutely. ranks. Whenever this crap I, happens, why, they, it's like I, the that, code of silence. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that's why, uh, you know, the, the cops don't understand where we're coming from. But, I mean, if, if they did stand up and say, look, this is wrong, and, and dealt with their own, then we'd have some respect for the good ones. But well, we can't have any respect for the good ones if they're not going to speak out again. Yeah, because, so. because Americans don't see this, um, white Americans, the respectables don't see this on a day-to-day basis, they don't know what it's like. And they can only assume that the news stories either slanted one direction or slanted the other. That you know the evidence doesn't slap them in the face in the newspaper. Sure. Um, you know the the reporters try to be objective so they don't make it abundantly clear what happened. Um, you know, and nobody was there, and and that's why. So they always give the cops the buy, and the cops give themselves the buy too. They just say, okay, well, you know, looks looks like it was uh, you know one of these hairy situations, and uh, they, they don't want to investigate. Themselves too closely? No, I'm talking about like the cops in Miami th- thinking about the cops in Delaware. I, oh, I'm talking okay, about okay. in general how cops feel about, yeah. you know, they're not going to call each other out because, sure. well, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see what happened. Then now, if line. they were there, there's many of them, I think, w- that would call um, call them out. But the problem is, is that um, on these sorts of insertions, let's call them, um, these these uh, these SWAT raids, you're talking about guys that are gung-ho as hell, um, usually young and, and, you know, pumped with testosterone and, and adrenaline and just excited as they can be, could be to be there. And anything, they'll do anything they're told as long as it's in order and they, you know, that, that's what they're supposed to be doing. There you go. Did you have anything else to highlight about that story, Jarvis? Uh, I think that was the, most of it. There's one uh, minor thing, which is sort of tangential, but um, my, my uh, parents actually both live in Wilmington, so I've been following it a little bit closer than some of these, because um, Wilmington's where it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, they keep referring to it as, as the pagan murder. And I'm, every time they say it, I'm like, what are you talking about? But the, it was the uh, motorcycle gang was the pagan motorcycle gang, right. whatever. I but see. I wonder, I mean, if this is like a kind of a, a plan by the media to try to, Make him look bad. I mean, Pagan sort of a, you know, has a lot of negative connotations. Yeah, it has nothing to do with who this guy was. Right. When I hear the Pagan murder, that doesn't tell me anything about the fact that police murdered somebody. That actually murdered, sounds like yeah, Pagan. Yeah, decorated Pagans are murdering. With, you right. know, <laughs> he's not some Pagan like dancing in the forest nude or something. <laughs> it's just you know? amazing. You know, story, and, and Jarvis, thank you for the call. Story after story like this comes out as the police gear up in their black uniforms with their body armor and their MP5 machine guns and their battering rams and kick in door after door, 40,000 doors per year, uh, just destroyed and no-knock raids by the police in this country. Story after story, inevitably the raids go bad, inevitably people get shot. Uh, some of them go bad, and some people get shot and killed. Some of them cops, some of them uh, innocent people who happen to be occupying the wrong house at the wrong time. And there's very rarely any sort of punishment for the cops that step out of line. 
not only are not only is there no punishment, but they close the ranks around these guys. The thin blue line steps in to protect their own. They don't talk out against one another. As Toby pointed out, you know, the 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 good cops love to crow about how great they are, about how good cops are and how mm-hmm. wonderful they are and how they're really looking out for your freedoms and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, the good cops keep quiet when, uh, when another cop is, uh, is under suspicion. Well, I think that they know who the good cops, they know who's going to say something and who's not. They know who's a goody-goody and who isn't. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to let the goody-goodies in on an operation like this. Right. They're not. That's a good point. They're all bad, then, basically. Well, You're saying if it's a SWAT team, then they're more likely to be just all bad, adrenaline junkie freaks, basically, is what you're saying. Bad's not the terminology I would use. I would say... Uh, I would say every one of those cops in that squad is a bad guy. Every single one of them. Compliant. They didn't all pull the trigger, but they were all there watching as this man executed an innocent person. I understand what you're saying, but when you say bad, it draws up in people's minds a different uh, like sort of frame of mind. The fact is, these guys bend to authority more easily. Their minds are soft in that area. They're going to do whatever the the, the, the gods above tell them to do. It doesn't make them bad? I, I mean, the, that's it mindlessness. It does make them bad, but, but your description well, the of, of them doesn't terrible. serve. It doesn't let people know what you're talking about. You're, when you just say bad, bad, you know, th- these people aren't, they're not evil, that would, they wouldn't go do it on their own, Ian. Mm. Like, that's the sort of How do you know? singular evil that we're talking about. I see. Well, this is a group evil. This is an authority evil. They're told to do this, so they go do it. They're mindless right. little stormtroopers. And they love to do it, too, which is the, another part that makes them bad in my book. And evil. You know, how you can shoot someone not once, but three times at point-blank range and get away with it. Uh, An unarmed man at that. Completely unarmed. More on the way. 800-259-9231. And people wonder why I don't trust the cops. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can take control and bring up whatever's on your mind. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website, completely free. And that does include the wiki. Over 1,300 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, and it's free. wiki.freetalklive.com. Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com and view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. NeverGetBusted.com Let's go right to the phones, to the fun. It's Zach in South Carolina on the Amplifier line. Hello, Zach. Hey, I'm standing right outside the Republican debate that's about to happen here in South Carolina. And I was just with a good deal of Ron Paul supporters. And we had signs out, and we actually had a really great location right on a street corner mm-hmm. where plenty of news cameras got us. And um, it's just been great. There's also a big fair tax rally here that's kind of separate. Mm-hmm. And oh. so they've been chanting fair tax now. And so we got all the Ron Paul um, supporters chanting no tax now. <laughs> and, but we have had a lot of fair tax people talk to us and we keep telling Ron Paul's for the abolishment of the IRS. So, yeah, and that's really where it should stop. Hear that. Abolish the IRS and be done with it. Don't create another tax. We don't want yeah. that. And then um, 
we were like on a sidewalk that was about level with the street. And so I didn't even realize it. And I had one foot in the street. And this cop came and yelled at me. And he told me we had to be on the sidewalk. So I decided to do like, um, can't remember who it is in New Hampshire, but I just started walking back slowly. And he kept yelling at me. He said, I said, get on the sidewalk. And I just kept backing up slowly and looking at him, holding my sign. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell you one more time. And then when he yelled at other people to, to do that, I would just um, yell out, your First Amendment does not apply on the, the street. Right. You have to be on the sidewalk. Your, your First Amendment only applies to the sidewalk. With me. I bet he wasn't. Uh, it was just great. Congratulations on that. That had to take a lot of, uh, a lot of courage. Were you nervous? Um, not really, because there were so many news cameras. I figured he probably wouldn't start beating me. Yeah, he'd have to behave to some extent, for sure. Yeah. You're right about that. But so uh, be actually, careful. Try not to get too uh, too much in, in too much yeah. trouble, because cops will still arrest you. Then just yeah. be nice about it. I actually felt safe because of cameras, but only because they were not government cameras. Mm, indeed, indeed. So what else is going on out there? Is there a lot of people? Oh, there's a lot of people from all the different um, camps. Um, but where we were, it it was where everyone else was. But we were. Like right in front, we just had a great position for everyone to see, and everyone else just kind of dissipated, and we were the last ones left at that place. Is there? Uh, are there? Um, have Have there been trash talkers? Have people come up and uh, and started anything with you guys, or have you been pretty much left alone? No, no one. Um, the only people that have really been talking to us are the fair tax people, asking if he's for it, and we just tell them that he's for abolishing the IRS. There you go. Hey, uh, good job, man, and uh, call us back if anything exciting happens, like, you know, somebody gets killed or something like that. Thank, thanks for the call. We appreciate right. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Not that I expect anything exciting to happen outside of the Republican debate, but uh, apparently uh, people are getting ready for this. It's mm-hmm. happening tonight. Uh, the I guess it's happening in the 9 o'clock hour Eastern time, and don't tune in live to this thing. It's not worth it. Listen to Free Talk Live, enjoy Free Talk Live all the way up till 10 o'clock, and then go do whatever you're And then get the excerpts. Do. Yeah, then take the excerpts, because I didn't watch the first uh, the first debate. I obviously won't be watching this one, and I won't watch... Uh, somebody took the time to cut out all the Ron Paul segments from the last debate and post them on YouTube. And, of course, some of our listeners posted the, those links on our BBS. So, instead of watching uh, an hour-long or 90-minute debate full of a lot of hot air, you can just watch the seven minutes or ten minutes, however many, however long that Ron Paul actually gets to talk, and then you actually get to, to see the, the highlights, so to speak. If you watch it live, you're just going to frustrate yourself. I made the mistake for the last debate. I went to my friend's house and watched it. Oops. And, uh, man, it just frust- every, just listening to the uh, other politicians will frustrate you and the way that the monitors of the debate um, kind of... They, when Rudy Giuliani's talking, he's allowed to talk over the buzzer for about 15, 20 seconds. But mm-hmm. as soon as Ron Paul's buzzer goes off, you're, you're done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so that's what I would recommend you do. Stay tuned to Free Talk Live and, uh, and then watch the highlights later on down the line. 800-259-9231. Since we're talking about Ron Paul and we were talking about the Department of Homeland Security a few moments ago, let's tie those two together with an article from Ron Paul at lewrockwell.com. It's called Security Washington style. Congress voted this past week to authorize nearly 40 billion taxpayer dollars for the Homeland Security Department, but the result will likely continue to be more bureaucracy and less security for Americans. Five more years. More security theater. That's correct. 
Five years into this new department, Congress can't, uh, still cannot agree on how to handle the mega-bureaucracy it created, which means that there has been no effective oversight of the department. While Congress remains in disarray over how to fund and oversee the department, we can only wonder whether we are more vulnerable than we were before Homeland Security was created. I was opposed to the creation of a new Homeland Security Department from the beginning. Only in Washington would anyone call for the creation of an additional layer of bureaucracy on top of already bloated bureaucracies, streamlining. Only in Washington would anyone believe that a bigger, more centralized federal government agency means more efficiency. When Congress voted to create the Homeland Security Department, I strongly urged that at least, at the least, FEMA and the Coast Guard should remain independent entities outside of the department. The Coast Guard has an important mission to protect us from external threats, and in my view, it's dangerous to experiment with rearranging the deck chairs when the United States is vulnerable to attack. As I said at the time, quote, the Coast Guard and its mission are very important to the Texas Gulf Coast, and I don't want the mission relegated to the back burner in a huge bureaucracy. Although the Coast Guard I'm certainly no fan of. They do a lot of drug interdiction more so than anything else. And Ron Paul certainly, as, as I understand it, is against the war on drugs. Likewise with FEMA, he says, at the time of creation of the Department of Homeland Security, I wrote that we risk seeing FEMA become less responsive as part of DHS. FEMA needs to be flexible, locally focused, hands-on agency that helps people quickly after a disaster. Does Ron Paul actually believe that FEMA can do those things? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I can't imagine. He sounds imagine. awfully political with that, doesn't he? Look, you're going to have to hear some of that happen, Ian. When when when, Pete, when if Ron Paul was to go out on stage or um, release to the news media, um, I'm just going to destroy every government program I come across. You know, FEMA. You you no, have I a disaster. Might, I think that might work. You know, that's certainly going to get him attention if he were to take those strong positions. It might very well. Instead, but he remember, wants, he's running as a Republican. He's not running as a Libertarian. I I understand that. Uh, he but but the idea that. A government agency, a federal government agency, nonetheless, could be flexible, locally focused, and hands-on that actually helps people? Give me a break. It, I don't. Did, did he claim it had to be um, a, a federal agency? FEMA is a federal agency. I understand that. Federal he Emergency said that Management FEMA Agency. FEMA needs to be um, locally managed. It needs to be hands-on. Locally focused. Locally focused, whatever. Right. I mean, it sounds to me like the only way you're going to have locally focused and hands-on is by getting rid of FEMA and having local organizations handle this stuff. Yeah, but that's not he was. That's not what he's proposing. Yeah, how do he's, you know what he's proposing? He's talking about keeping FEMA as is, but they changed it and it made it part of the Department of Homeland Security. He was trying to conserve the status quo, not actually. And of course, he's fighting against people that want to make government bigger. So, to that end, he's fighting to preserve this current size of government in regards to FEMA. I'm sure he'd like to see them uh, reduced if we were to actually ask him that question. Maybe we'll get that chance. 800-259-9231. More with Ron Paul. Your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. That includes the updates. You just get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates. 
www.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three, com- uh, three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about Ron Paul. In case you don't know who he is, he is one of the ten candidates uh, on the Republican side for President of uh, of the United States. And so far, the media has been doing a pretty darn effective job of, well, ignoring Ron Paul completely. They're doing their best. They're 99% ignoring him, for the most part. And uh, tonight, he will once again be appearing in the Republican debate. This one is going to be sponsored by Fox News. Whatever you do, don't tune in live. Listen to Free Talk Live instead. And then watch the YouTube excerpts later. Uh, but we're reading an article from Ron. We will have, by the way, the uh, the way to vote um, for the Ron, for Ron Paul once uh, once the nine o'clock hour rolls around. You've got the instructions, right? Tonight. You're not going to be able to vote online on Fox, which is going to be the definitive poll in the same way that MSNBC was the definitive mm-hmm. poll previously. So uh, Ron Paul, in the middle of an article from him at LouRockwell.com, security Washington style, talking about how the Department of Homeland Security, Congress has just this last week authorized $40 billion of your taxpayer dollars to go to the DHS. And he's pointing out that this is, as in his words, a mega bureaucracy. It's an additional layer of bureaucracy on top of the already inefficient and use, virtually useless uh, government bureaucracies. And he's not exactly taking a pure libertarian stance, as I might prefer. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll continue with his thoughts. He says FEMA... We know that FEMA's handling of the disaster, Katrina and Rita, for instance, did in many cases more harm than good. FEMA was so disorganized and incompetent in its management of the 2005 hurricanes that one can only wonder how much the internal disarray in the Department of Homeland Security may have contributed to that mismanagement. Uh, We actually talked about that. I don't know how close Ron Paul followed the, the FEMA debacle, but we talked about a lot of the stories and a lot of the, the tragedies that, uh, that, that were happening down there at the mm-hmm. time. And I don't know if it had anything to do with the Department of Homeland Security so much as just FEMA is a centrally controlled government bureaucracy. And like all government bureaucracies, it, it doesn't have market-based incentives to, uh, to respond quickly, to respond effectively, to, to actually help people. It doesn't have any of those things. It's, it's a bureaucracy, so it naturally moves slowly. It, in fact, moves ploddingly slowly. And when somebody actually needs some help, FEMA's first concern is whether or not the paperwork is filled out correctly. Right, whether they've uh, you know done all that they need to do, properly filling out paperwork and filing this and, and doing that and standing in this line and taking that number. That's the important stuff, not whether somebody's dehydrating to death. Exactly. And there was there were example after example and story after story of bureaucratic mismanagement. And I can't say it would have been any better were they not under the heading of the DHS. It's just a federal government agency. You get what you get. He says folding responsibility for defending our uh, folding our responsibility. Likewise, with FEMA at the time of the de- creation of Department of Homeland Security, uh, let's see, folding responsibility for defending our land borders into the Department of Homeland Security was also a bad idea, as we've come to see. The test is simple: just ask ourselves whether our immigration enforcement has gotten better or worse since functions were transferred into this super bureaucracy. 
Are our borders being more effectively defended against those who would enter our country illegally? He says, I don't think so. And I would agree with that. Um, they're probably not any more effective at uh, keeping people out of this country. Not that I would like them to be more effective at it. I, I'm fine with people coming here to uh, to live a free life. But it just goes to, to show more. how incompetent they are at the jobs they do. Right. It, it just goes to show that uh, adding another layer of bureaucracy doesn't make things more efficient. He says, are we better off with an enormous conglomerate of government agencies that purports to keep us safe? Certainly, we're spending more money and getting less for it with the Department of Homeland Security. Perhaps now that the rush to expand government in the response to 9-11 is over, we can take a good look at what's working, what's making us safer, and what's not. If so, we will likely conclude that the DHS is too costly, too bloated, and too bureaucratic. Hopefully then we'll refocus our efforts on an approach that doesn't see more federal bureaucracy in Washington as the best way to secure the rest of the nation. Ron Paul. 800-259-9231. If you've got comments, since he mentioned immigration, seems appropriate to talk about that. And since Ron Paul's from Texas, let's go to Farmer's Branch, Texas. The AP reporting that voters in this Dallas suburb became the first in the nation Saturday. Now, Ron Paul's talking about getting the the um, enforcement and all that out of the hands of the feds and turning it more over to states and, and localities. Because uh-huh. he's that kind of guy. He's for decentralization in general. But here's what your local governments would like to do when it comes to immigration. Voters have now voted overwhelmingly to prohibit landlords from renting to most illegal immigrants. That's right. A majority of voters in this particular area, and I'm sure this will happen in other places now, in Farmers Branch, Texas, have decided that they have the ability to completely control the private property of their neighbors. You That's know, what's going on here. And and even if even if this was easy to implement, like you could look at somebody and say, "Oh, now there's an illegal alien." Um, that would it would it would still be antithetical to freedom and everything. But beyond that, this is damn difficult to do. So a Mexican person comes up, you're supposed to know whether they're an illegal alien or not. Mm-hmm. So somebody, a white guy, comes up with perfect English, and you're supposed to know whether or not that guy is. Uh, is um you know an illegal alien well the white guy will never come under suspect right he won't he probably won't so therefore you won't get in trouble because you you didn't suspect him and no one else will suspect him or anything like that but obviously in texas the ones that are going to be suspected are mexicans how are you going to know whether this person is legal or illegal how much does it cost to find out how much time do i have to put in look I don't rent these houses and make a bundle of money off of them. I just do it to I'm just doing it to get by, make a few bucks here and there. I don't need to be spending days or weeks or months filling out paperwork for the government. You know what scares me about this is will it stop here? What if I own a store? How long until the voters decide that I can't sell a soda to oh an my. illegal immigrant? That's an excellent point. I mean, and a great question. And what do you think? How far will this go? 800-259-9231, because the voters overwhelmingly approved it. 68 to 32 percent, according to the returns. The balloting marked the first public vote on a local government measure to crack down on illegal immigration. So there have been legislative things that have been passed where a city council will pass a res- resolution doing similar things in this country and other areas. But mm-hmm. This is the first time the, the voters have actually turned out for this. It quote uh, says especially to, it says especially to Congress that we're tired of the out of control illegal immigration problem said the city council member who was the head proponent of this 
that if Congress doesn't do something about it, cities will. The ordinance requires apartment managers to verify that renters are U.S. citizens or or legal immigrants before leasing to them, with some exceptions. Property managers or owners who break the rule face a misdemeanor charge, punishable by a fine of up to $500. Council members approved the ordinance in November, then revised it to include exemptions for minors, seniors, and some families with a mix of legal residents and illegal immigrants. Farmers Branch has So it's okay for minors to rent? It's okay for families? Is it families with minors and seniors? Uh, Families with a mix of legal residents and illegal immigrants. Or minors and seniors? Apparently, yes. So <laughs> they're just really um, preventing, you know, the uh, renting of single males. <laughs> the, right, the that's workers. pretty much what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Farmers Branch has become the site of protests. And, and isn't it? Hold on. <laughs> who's who's less like the least likely to take welfare? Yeah. The hardworking people. The the, uh, the males, I would assume. Yeah. The males that come over here in order to send money back to their families and that kind of thing. They seem like the ones that would be least likely to t- to take welfare. It's the old people, the young, the, the, the children and the, the mothers. Those will be the ones most likely to, to cost us money. More on the way, 800-259-9231. And your thoughts on the immigration situation in America, 1-800-259-9231. And a little bit more about Farmers Branch and what they're doing. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and we do ask you voluntarily support the show by going and buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. we got Free Talk Live merchandise. In fact, brand new stuff is uh, available for pre-order right now. And uh, and if you want some of these items, we really need you to pre-order them so we have some idea of what's in demand and, and what's not. Uh, we've got the hot-selling Free Talk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. It's an MP3 player. It's a flash drive. It's an FM tuner. It's a voice recorder, uh, recorder all-in-one. And it's got our logo on it, so it's extra cool. And it's less than 60 bucks. There's that. There's the brand-new Free Talk Live beanie cap, the Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo, the two different types of hoodies that we have, the ladies' T-shirt, the free marketeer T-shirt, and more, all there at store.freetalklive.com. Uh, talking about immigration and the town, I guess the town of Farmers Branch, Texas, has voted 68 to 32 to be the very first uh, public vote on a local government measure that will crack down on illegal immigration. Basically, uh, it requires apartment managers, and I don't know if it's just apartment managers, um, maybe other landlords as well but at least apartment managers to verify that renters are U.S. citizens or legal immigrants before leasing to them. Now, it doesn't really go into great detail as to how exactly one is to verify those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, as a landlord, I'm not sure how I would go about doing that. Right, and same here. I'm a landlord. I don't know how I'd find out if somebody was a legal or illegal um, immigrant. I don't know I what you fake could ask IDs for, look like. Right, I, you could ask them for pieces of paper, but I don't even know which ones they're supposed to have. Right. Um, do you have a green card? I've never seen one. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it is all they have to do is show me a piece of paper and come up with a good story as to why it is or isn't green. You know, I've gotten a couple jobs where I had to pre- prove that I was a, a mm. U.S. citizen. Really. And, um, they they wanted my social security card, which I, I lost a long time ago. Um, so I had to go give them a, a copy of my birth certificate, which I don't really know how it proves that it's me. It looked like something yeah, that I, I could have created on my computer. Sure. I it's 
Ludicrous. So, so you're going to require these landlords to be doing all this enforcement, basically, for the government, for the because I mean the government's not paying them to do this. They're threatening landlords right. with a five hundred dollar fine and a misdemeanor if they break this rule. If they don't check uh, these people for being legal or illegal. Now, what if you, what if you're shown a a fake identification and you say, okay, well, it looks good to me. Here you go. Here's the lease. Sign this lease. And then, you know, it turns out it's a police sting or something like that. Because I figured they're only going to catch people in two ways. A, police stings on landlords. Or B, uh, having a, you know, busybody neighbor snitch out the new uh, the new people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, a br- there's brown people moving in across the street, Jim. Let's call the police and make sure that they're, they're, uh, they're legal immigrants because we don't like that landlord or whatever. You know, we don't like old uh, Mark. Well, last mm-hmm. last week, you, we had a caller call in who uh, claimed that he could spot illegals just by looking at them. <laughs> so. <laughs> Absolutely. You can tell. So there's going to be a lot of that. And imagine what sort of uh, imagine what that's going to do for these poor people that are just coming here to try to make a better life for themselves. And imagine what it's going to do for the ones that are so-called legal. You know, the ones that actually have taken the time to jump through the, the hoops and fill out the paperwork and pay the bribes to the government so they can be legal. Well, they're going to be caught under suspicion, too. Because they're just as brown as the other people that are coming across the border. Institutionalized racism right there. Well, right. So basically what's going to happen is some busybody neighbor is going to call up the police tip line on this and say, there's some brown folk moving in across the street, and I think they're illegal. Of course, they've got no reason to think that besides the fact that they're brown, but that's not going to stop the cops from going out and saying, thank you for the tip, and then showing up at the door of these people's home, and then showing up at the door of these people's home to, uh, to demand identification from them. We've heard that you've moved in recently, and we demand to see your identification. Oh, based on what? What's your probable cause? The fact that I'm brown? Well, at that point, I wonder, you know, they've rented they've rented the property at that point. Um, it's their home. Can they, they, can they just say, excuse me, officer, do you have a warrant? And slam the door in his frickin' face. I don't know, man. I mean, I, at, I at that know. point, get off my property. You do not belong here. Uh, Farmers Branch has become the site of protests and angry confrontations, and opponents of the regulation gathered enough signatures to force the city to put the measure on the municipal election ballot. With Saturday's approval of the ban, opponents plan to fight it in court and will seek a restraining order to stop the city from enforcing it. The city was already facing four lawsuits brought by civil rights groups, residents, property owners, and businesses who contend the ordinance discriminates and that places landlords in the precarious position of acting as federal immigration officers. Mm -hmm. Unpaid ones at that. Right. Their attorneys say the ordinance attempts to regulate immigration, a duty that's exclusively the federal government's. One lawsuit also alleges the council violated the State Open Meetings Act when deciding on the ordinance. Oh, great. They did it in secret. O'Hare contains the city's economy and quality of life will improve if illegal immigrants are kept out. And that man is a damn fool. Tim O'Hare, city council. The landlords' uh, lives certainly aren't going to improve. They're going to have some vacant lots. It's going to be more difficult to rent. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be more difficult to find tenants. It doesn't, you know, the bureaucrats are going to still get their money, though. You know, these guys didn't, they they passed their little law and they didn't, uh, you, you know, they're not going to lose any money on this. The only people that lose out here are landlords who who have been just been deputized as, uh, you know, my official howdy-doody county mountie uh, right. who's going to work for free. You either enforce for free or we're going to charge you with a misdemeanor and slap you with a $500 fine. Right. And you don't want to pay that $500 fine? What's that? You say your property taxes are high enough? Well, too bad. You don't pay that fine, you're going to jail. You know, they say that the whole economy is going to hurt. Do these illegal immigrants not eat? Do they not 
uh, shop at this local economy right there. Yeah, it's insane to say something like that. It's, it, it, it belies a complete lack of economic knowledge, which is typical of politicians. These are politicians. They're lawyers. Uh, they, they don't know what ec- uh, economics is all about. They just understand power. Right. That's all they understand. You know, and, and the fact is, and the, the, now this was voted in by the public, 68%. right? 68%. 68% mm-hmm. of the public. Now, these 68% of, the, um, of these people work and live in this particular community. They make money off of illegals every single day, whether it's at the convenience store, whether it's at the grocery store. Now, remember, the grocery store employs, what, 100 people? Mm-hmm. And each one of those people... They have jobs. They they can thank their jobs for all the people, um, thank all the people that come in there and buy stuff for their jobs. Well, right. some of those people are illegal aliens, and you know it's just so self-serving to make the landlords do the all the work that all the rest of these people, assuming that this is what they want, should be doing too. I mean, if if we're if we're gonna have to police for illegal aliens, then everybody should have to do it. Which is, it's all just insanity. It is absolutely insanity, but it's unfair insanity. Joe is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. How are you? Great. What's up? Oh, well, I mean, I kind of have a can of worms to open. I I don't know. It's definitely right along the lines of your conversation now. I'm just curious. uh, My whole jury's out still on the immigration policy here in this country. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, a libertarian standpoint really doesn't, not in too many places, places it could really grow other than America. So with that in mind, where does national sovereignty fall into the immigration policy? I mean, when do we say, you know, enough is enough? And you know, I don't know enough about it. And I'm really interested to hear your well, guys' point of view. Well, first of all, I mean, national sovereignty, what's that really even mean anyway? It's, well, our sovereignty is strictly authority over, you know, overriding authority over said body of whatever. So, I mean, that's what that is. I, I still don't understand what that means. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I mean I'm, so- my, I'm sovereign in my body, meaning I'm the ultimate authority of what I do to myself, and obviously that's I agree right with that. No, no, I agree right. with individual sovereignty completely. Okay, as far as America it's just goes that there's, on the there's whole no, there, To me, there's no sovereignty outside of that. There's individual sovereignty, and that's it. And as far okay. as how far does it go, well, it goes yeah. um, until an eternity. Of A free country should allow people to cross borders freely, whether they're coming or they're going. So as many people that can get here should be able to come here and, and make a better life for themselves. There should not be the uh, the perverse incentive of government handouts. That should go no. away entirely. That way the people that are coming here are really making a better life for themselves. I mean, the, okay. the, the, the marketplace scales infinitely up. Wealth increases in the absence of government regulation. And so wealth will continue to increase as more people keep coming here and, and working hard and, and, and improving their lives and all of our lives will, will improve and everyone one will be buoyed up by the increase in wealth that that results. Some areas um, may get very populated, but I mean we've got a lot of space in America. There's Absolutely. no reason. There's no end point. There is no end game for immigration. It should continue unabated on into the future forever. Well, great. I like that. I mean, that's a very great, a good answer. I think that. I mean, I like that a lot. From just from my, I'm not, I've not heard that side. Before, so thank you. Well, because otherwise um, it's yeah. completely arbitrary. Now let me take yes. this as an endpoint. Let me take this from the uh, standpoint of someone who believes in small government, as opposed to my friend here who believes in no government, whatever. Um, okay. I believe that immigrants 
Uh, although they cause all kinds of problems uh, as far as our uh, welfare and, and, and things like that. The welfare is the problem. The so. welfare is the right, problem. Is, yeah. um, you know, they get involved in that. They get involved in crime. But poor people get involved in crime probably the same rate as um, Im- you know, illegal immigrants. I don't think that you're really talking yep. about something unusual there. Um, I think that immigrants are probably, illegal immigrants are probably the only reason that we've seen an t- um, uptick in our economy at all. And okay. I'd have to welcome them. I have one other thing to tie on to the end of that, and well, if we can get it on, on the other side, that'd be hang great. Hang on yeah. to that thought. We'll bring you back in hour three. Continue to discuss immigration. Also, uh, Ron Paul's going to be debating tonight. Don't watch the debate. Watch the highlights later on on the Internet, and stay tuned to Free Talk Live. Hour three's on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and we're launching into hour number three. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. Though, uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that by buying my house. Go to house.freetalklive.com. <laughs> stop that crap. I won't stop until the damn thing's sold. I'm gonna like somebody's going to buy it off a radio show. I don't know, man. Nobody's Certainly no one's going to buy it down in Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> God. So uh, if you want to buy my old house, go to house.freetalklive.com. It's very, well, very nice. go there and laugh. Is there it's, a place for comments? Uh, no. There but should be. What, what are you laughing at? It's a nice <laughs> but house. You're selling a house on, the, on a radio show There website. have been a lot of improvements made to that home, and I will be taking a loss. <laughs> so y- you should enjoy it, because I am not. And it's minutes from the beach. The countertops are very nice. Yes, you'll love it. All right, house.freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Let's go back to Joe in... He's gone. All right, so Joe was uh, was going to bring up something else about immigration, but I'll go ahead and bring something else up at this point, because... He had asked us, you know, as libertarians, as people that believe in in freedom, uh, the freedom to cross borders freely, what's the end game? Where where will this immigration thing stop in your mind? And I said it won't. I said as long as people should uh, can what, get here, if, well, yeah, if what, welfare what has, is gone, what has stopped people up at this point? Um, nothing. I mean, immigrants have been coming to this country with uh, varying degrees of difficulty mm-hmm. for the last four four hundred or four centuries. I mean, they're coming, and that's because people want to be free, and they want to benefit from what we have here. And I want those people to come here. I want them to escape the tyranny that they're living under and to have that taste of freedom. The only way you're going to get people to stop wanting to come to this country is by cracking down on our freedoms... Everyone's freedoms. Everyone's freedoms, and that will happen when they, um, you know, when you start cracking down on illegal immigrants because exactly. you're going to have to have roadside stops um, to be able to find these people on the road. You're going to have to be um, do now um, house-to-house checks, harassing you're gonna have to, landlords. You're going to have to. Everybody who has a business is going to have to do checks on whether or not, um, yep. you know, the person they're dealing with is an illegal alien. The Great Southern Wall, Great Northern Wall. Until I mean, you kill productivity and freedom in this country to the point that nobody wants to come. Congratulations. To the point where somebody says, "I guess I'll stay down here under." Hugo Chavez's rule, right? Because you know, you, you don't see people climbing over the fence to get into North Korea. 
Nope. Yeah, thank you. Great point. Exactly right. Uh, and that fence keeps people from climbing over to get out of North right. Korea as well, which is an important point. But again, to address the issue of uh, where the end point is, because theoretically, I think a lot of people would say to themselves, well, there's a certain, uh, there's only a certain amount of room in this here country, and, and we just can't have people coming here forever. The, the country will fill up. Well, first of all, it's not going to fill up anytime no, soon. Not by any stretch of the imagination. And if is there's the country going to fill up, if there's that many people that are actually streaming into uh, to the United States, then it's going to give the country, the other governments around the world, a, a good reason to reduce their government size as well. Because the more people they lose, the lower their tax base becomes, and the the more uh, emaciated their governments become. But nonetheless, this is something that takes time. I mean, the, for people to come here, they have to actually get here in the first place. Which, if you live in a third third world country it's not the easiest thing in the world to make it to america so it's not like all these people are going to come in come in here within a week's time mm-hmm. it'll take time and the marketplace will respond to it new housing will be built um new uh new businesses will spring up to service these people the economy will will flourish as a result and there there is no end game in fact but for those of you that that scares for those of you that that concept sort of freaks out like, you live in your little area, and you like it the way it is. You don't want the population to increase in size. Okay, you like it. You don't want any more people to come in. Well, here's what you really need to do to solve your problem. Everything needs to get back to private property. There needs to be no more government-owned lands, no more publicly-owned, no more tragedy of the commons, no more of this crap, where every single plot of land is privately held. Then... Those of you that want to live in pristine wilderness or in rural areas, untouched and and uh, unmolested by an by you know new people coming in and new developments, whether they be immigrants or just people coming from New York mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, then you just buy up some property. You and your friends and your neighbors buy and hold that property and just don't sell it, and you can preserve it as long as you want to. And in fact, there's a there's a town down in Florida, Ave Maria. We mm-hmm. haven't talked about it for a while. I don't know what the latest on it is, but last year it made the news because down the, by Naples. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's east of like the developed area. So right. basically, Swamp. what is what has happened is is the founder of Domino's Pizza happens to be a very devout Catholic, mm-hmm. and he has taken a lot of his money and invested it into what is essentially a private town. It's a, a 400, I think it's like 400 plots or 400 acres or something like that, where there's a, there are going to be a limited amount of people who are going to be able to come and purchase homes there, mm-hmm. presumably people that agree with, uh, with Catholicism. And they will come in there, and there will be some sort of an agreement that they have to sign in order to come in, in that they, uh, and not only will the, the people moving into homes have to sign agreements, but the businesses that would like to service those people will also have to sign agreements. So, for instance, they can. It's, since it's all privately run, if if uh, Walgreens wants to come in there or some drugstore wants to come in there and sell drugs, they may very well include in the lease that you cannot sell birth control in Ave Maria, or you know you can't do this or you can't do that. Whatever the rules are, and that's fine. It's private property. So that's my answer to those of you that are all worried about people moving in and ruining your quality of life. Mm-hmm. Private property is the answer. Right. Buy yourself a big old plot of land. Because nothing, I can guarantee you, nothing is going to stay the same. If it isn't the yep. illegal immigrants that are coming in and changing your life, it'll be the uh, the snowbirds coming from up north who are moving into Florida that are changing your life. You know, 
I mean, it it doesn't matter. Is it would it be okay if everybody in all 50 states moved to your state? Well, you wouldn't be able to do anything about it because that be that would be their right. Mm-hmm. As an American citizen, they should be able to move wherever they want. They have the right to move in if they can get a, if they can sure, secure a place to stay mm-hmm. from a private property owner. Either they don't have buy it, to sleep on your streets, as far as I'm concerned. Either buy it or lease it. Mm-hmm. But it, but if with there's when there's government property around, then the whole game changes. Then all of a sudden there's this you know big bureau, bureaucracy that gets to decide who can sleep where and who does what and uh, and that's just really one of the major issues and, mm-hmm. and it needs to go away. Let's go to the phones. Talk to James in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, this is kind of off the topic of the immigration and everything, but no um, it's okay. You know, Montana uh, recently overwhelmingly opposed the Real ID Act. Yes. And I wondered what you guys' opinion is on that. That's um, super. And do you th- yeah, and do you think a lot of other states will follow suit or not? Did they do it for the right reason, or did they do it because it was unfunded? They one of their biggest issues was with it was privacy. Excellent. That's great. good to know. I, I think that's great. Most I think states are um, doing it because it's just an unfunded mandate, and you know that it. I'll take whatever I can get, but uh, it's, it doesn't exactly fill my heart with warmth. Yeah, right. Na- uh, Maine is going in the right direction with it. Uh, New Hampshire, I think, is on the right path as well, and there are a handful of other states that are also cool. you rejecting. Know, I, I think that this, um, when when we talk about real ID, it's a great time to remind Americans um, of you know the Japanese internment camps in World War II. Right. The United States Census found those people by checking for Japanese surnames. Those people were registered with the United States Census, and this is what the government does with the information that it gets. Not every time or anything like that, but you never know when it's going to be you. Yep. Do you yep. think in, in 1938 that the Japanese Americans thought that they'd be put in internment camps? Heck no. I mean, they were building their lives. They were um, you know, running their businesses. They were falling in love. They were having kids. They were doing everything that we do. And then, was it 1942? Somewhere around there. Um, uh, rolls along and then off they go. They're in they're in cages like dogs. Yeah. Uh, well, how many uh, states would it take for the government to back down on that opposing them? Oh, they're already going to back down with one. I think one because the federal government has been frothing at the mouth, and the Department of Homeland Security has been you know slamming its fist on their uh, podium, saying that well, if you don't participate, you won't be able to enter any federal property, and you won't be able to go to the airport. But which. What's that mean for the employees on federal property right here? Say New Hampshire rejects it. What does that mean? The the post office employees can't go to work? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just crazy. It really it's yeah. just blustering. It's really a lot of BS, and it's a it's they're bluffing. That's what they're doing. And James, yeah. thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They're bluffing, and all it will take is one state to call them on it mm-hmm. to show them for what they truly are. More on the way. You can take control. Pretty pills coming up. And the latest on uh, Ron Paul. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Archives galore. An entire year's worth of of the show right there on the front page of the website. You just go and download them. They're free. freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. 
Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Now, I, is it safe to presume that the Republican Liberty Caucus has endorsed Ron Paul? You, you know, it point? is not safe to presume that. The Repu- Republican Liberty Caucus, um, although... It, it, the leadership of the Republican Liberty Caucus all comes out in favor of um, Ron Paul. They're sort of designed not to be able to endorse a presidential candidate. Um, he well, is, he's got the, one of their highest ratings on right, the Liberty Caucus. Right? I think he was uh, he's, he's form, formerly in the leadership of the RLC. Yeah. The, it, you know, they just can't come out and say it. It's, it's against their rules to, to do that. They're, they're trying to make it so that they can get endorsement, but it's nearly impossible for them to endorse a presidential candidate. Okay. Well, since we're talking about Ron Paul, uh, he is currently engaged in the presidential debate, which isn't worth watching, but you should watch the highlights when Ron Paul, uh, when that comes out. It'll be posted on our BBS, I'm sure, to where you can just actually watch the clips of Ron Paul, since all the other guys are full of hot air. Right. Uh, but, but how does one vote for Ron Paul? Because after the MSNBC, um, the MSNBC debate a couple weeks ago, the MSNBC company, they had a poll on their website, which oh. Ron Paul won Pretty overwhelmingly. Yeah. And, of course, that resulted in a lot of people saying, this is unfair. It's oh, being... Ron Paul, he's got too many supporters. They're cheating and doing stuff on the Internet. And, you know, magic Internet stuff where they create little <laughs> robots that, that, that vote like a 10,000 times right. and things. And it's like little fat guys with beards. They're they're hacking the site and things. Yeah, well, yeah, really. They're just making crap up. Right. They're trying to belittle and, uh, and make it, they're trying to right. belittle Ron Paul and his support as much as they can and ignore Ron Paul as much as possible and they're using whatever excuse they possibly can so Fox News apparently has set up some a different method of polling right, right? well Fox News has decided in, in order to uh, to to avoid the uh, MSNBC ABC News debacle um, abc.com uh, debacle that they you know that had gone on after the last debate about 2 weeks ago what they're going to do is they're going to do text message voting so, which completely eliminates certain demographics I mean, almost completely eliminates it because you can't pick up your home phone and text message. True. You have to have a cell phone. Well, but you and have have many a... people who watch Fox News are over the age of 65. They won't be able to participate in this poll. You have poll. to vote um, on in, in order to vote online. You have to have a computer. A lot of older people have computers. They do. The internet is the number one hobby amongst older people. I would concur with you. Um, I, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, they're doing it this way. Right. It will diminish um, repeat voters. I would assume. That's true. Um. You know, they they can check for you know IP numbers or not IP numbers. Excuse me, telephone numbers and that I think kind of should, thing. I think it'll be interesting because the, because it's going to really be more skewed towards the younger demographic. Right. I mean, the people who have cell phones and who understand how to text message. I'm a technically competent person, and uh, you know, I can build a computer from scratch. But I never text message anybody. So honestly, I'm not really even sure how to text message someone on this phone. Okay. Well, I'll give you the full instructions here. We'll start from one. On your cell phone, select the text messaging. That's the SMS option. Already, already lost. I uh, uh, you don't messaging. Know it, there it is. Okay, okay got, it, got it. Got it. Okay, text messaging or messaging. That's that's right. Or SMS on some phones. Um, yeah, it's called messaging on my phone. Now create a new text message. Okay, it's called send message on mine. Okay, send and there's message. a mobile number right. that it wants me to send it to. Right, send it to six um, three six nine eight eight. Okay, so everybody that wants to vote for Ron Paul has to have a cell phone right. and has to send the message to number 36988. That's correct. It's only five digits long. 36988. Okay. 
Okay, and then you would have to uh, put, you know, the code for whomever you felt won, which uh, in our case is R7. Ron Paul is R7. Now, it's not case sensitive, so you don't have to worry about that at all. Mm. You just type in R7 and then send it. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'll have to try this during the break because it's kind of confusing me. It says it wants a mobile number. Okay, what was that number again? Three what? Three six nine eight eight. Three six nine eight eight. And then you send the message R seven. Okay. But then it wants another mobile number. I, I don't really you, understand. I think I have you, have to, the, you have the option to send it to lots of different mobile numbers. Okay. You have to tell it you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. Said so next, and then it's R seven for Ron Paul. R seven. Yes. All right. I'm voting for Ron Paul now. All right. So you I, guys I've can do that too. There you go. <laughs> Um, and why don't you get, well, maybe we'll have you give that out, that number again, at right. the very end of the show, in Let's case you missed that. slam them with this stuff, and, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is even if they diminish Ron Paul, people see these results, and they hear about Ron Paul, and they they realize that other people believe the same thing they do, and it gives, it heartens them. Is this a campaign contribution? Because it's going to cost me, like, two cents to send this. No, it's going to cost you a dime. Really? Yeah. Here, let me get. Man, let I me am get generous. You, let, let me get you a dime, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Talk to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dave. Look at the lengths they are going to to hide this guy. They're they're trying. It's unbelievable. Yes, but I actually I actually wanted to have a New Hampshire topic. I wanted to bring up. Yes. Uh, they have this saying that the thoughts become things. And we spend a lot of time, you know, for all our positive action, we spend all of us a lot of time thinking about the terrible things that the federal government is doing or might do. Mm-hmm, it's true. Uh, or the state government is doing or might do. You're saying uh, it's, what you're saying is a paraphrase of, uh, I don't know who is famous for saying it, maybe it's just a cliche at this point, but that uh, you, what you think about becomes reality. Mm-hmm. You can manifest uh, whatever you want for yourself in that way. There's some truth in that, and uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, put out a vision for what New Hampshire might be like in 2009. Okay, this it might be, not be a. This would be 2009, so after the first 1,000, uh, the the first 1,000, the the people that have pledged to be the first thousand movers have all moved in because they're supposed to be in the state of New Hampshire by the end of 2008. So that would right. be afterwards. So, so it's likely to believe that we probably have twice as many people active in the state as we do now in the liberty movement. Seems fair. At, at that time. And I imagine, you know, what we might be able to do in terms of, say, protecting a home from imminent domain seizure. There's not a lot of imminent domain uses in New Hampshire, but there are occasions where it's pretty pretty blatantly misused. And if uh, we could, if we had that kind of numbers, even with the current numbers, it might be possible to organize something where everyone agrees or almost everyone agrees to participate in some form or fashion in the defense of that house or in passing a new law that makes it illegal to take that house or, or that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. occupying the house, massive numbers of letters to the editor, uh, dominating the media coverage for a few days. It seems like that's something that we can look forward to, something like that happening in 2009 and maybe even sooner. I think you're right because right now what you've got in, in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, all these activists have moved in. The early movers are already here. They're already creating the, uh, the different organizations that will be needed in order to activate people to these things. Because, you know, if people can't communicate with one another very effectively, then you, you couldn't possibly get together some sort of a mass civil, civil disobedience or, or mass political effort like that. But, but now you've got the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is doing a great job of keeping up to date on the political things. And I want more of your vision, if you can. Hang on, Dave. We'll bring you back. Okay, thanks. 800-259-9231, because people with vision are really important. 
people who can see what um, what they want in the future and can work towards it are are critical. Um, they're the people that are behind you know big successful companies and that sort of thing. If you don't have vision, you should probably get some for your life. And uh, maybe Dave will help inspire you here in a few moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and the number for you is 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system with over 225,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, and it's all completely free. You can access it by going to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States, any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they are experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. 800-259-9231. Let's go back to Dave in New Hampshire. We're talking about vision. One man's vision, and that's Dave. And, of course, if you've listened to the show before, you know that Dave uh, constantly is on the phone with us, giving us updates on what's going on both politically and apolitically here on the freedom front. Uh, and in many of that, much of that, that reporting has to do with his own activism. He's one of probably the most active uh, Free State Project members here in New Hampshire. And, Dave, you've got a vision for uh, what you think New Hampshire will be like in 2009, after the first 1,000 has moved in, and I wanted to give you more of a, more of an opportunity to uh, to espouse that. Yeah, the idea is having one sacred fight and having all the efforts of all the activists come together for it. Uh, and and I think you know the, the consensus is that that, that eminent domain is the issue, the, you know, the most effective issue we can fight on. Although it, you know it may be that there is never quite the perfect seizure to, to fight against because New Hampshire does not use eminent domain that frequently. The towns don't use it that frequently. The the, the state doesn't use it that frequently. So we, we might have a long wait ahead of us before the right event, and we might want to do civil disobedience about something else. But um, I just think we're getting to the point where uh, Winston Churchill once said in World War One, you know, the, the, the generals never understood all that was necessary to to, to defeat the Germans was to, to have a thin plate of steel between the soldier and the opposing enemy trench. That was all they needed, and they didn't right. understand that. It took them forever to figure out that the tank was the only way they were ever going to win the war. And it's a, it's a simple thing with us, too. We, ha- we just need a simple plate of steel between us and the government, not literal steel, but a simple plate of activism, uh, publicity, uh, uh, you know, uh, civil disobedience-type defense uh, between us and the government. That might be the faster way to overwhelm them, than you know, operating in the legislative process. It may very well be. I, you know, I mean, that's sort of what the Free State Project's all about: is uh, different people doing different stuff and supporting each other and hoping everything comes out well. Yeah, I think. But they, even though I'm saying this, I do, I do think the legislative process should be brought together with a, you know, civil disobedience publicity effort. Uh, all in the efforts of all the activists, like I say, around one thing and and set a spark on fire underneath the piece of. Uh, you know, tinder above, you know, uh, which is un- which is underneath a piece of kindling and which is underneath a log, and let the thing really catch fire. 
Right, yeah, I, I agree. You need the civil disobedience people to raise awareness, the Russell Cannings and what you do to go out there and be visible and get people to see what's going on. And then you definitely need the NHLA and others to be in the in the government, on the inside, making the changes that are necessary. So I think it's all going to start coming together um all different groups here in New Hampshire getting together, growing bigger, getting not only more free state project members in, but getting locals fired up too. I mean, New Hampshire's got that live free or die spirit already, and I, I think it, the movement's only growing. It's it's a lofty goal to say that all of them will get involved. I don't think it's very realistic, uh, but hey, shoot for the moon. Maybe you'll get over the fence. I mean, as far as uh, as far as getting every activist involved, I think we've already seen that each activist has their own individual, you know, areas that excite them the most. And you know, for instance, I'm only going to turn up in Concord for very specific issues, just because I've got other things to do. And there's more activism here in Keene, uh, here where we're located. So whether or not everyone will get behind this particular effort, I don't know. But I think that definitely you're going to see an, an, an increase in the visibility of what the Free Staters are doing here in New Hampshire. And I think a lot of New Hampshire local natives uh, are going to be able to get behind it as well. So it won't just be Free Staters. It'll also be uh, Free Staters and their neighbors who are also in agreement right. with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, well, going to be an important know, if factor. We had just, if we had like just one out of every eight people who has signed up for the Free State Project somehow involved in this kind of effort that I'm talking about, That'd be a thousand people, you know, because people don't have to be in New Hampshire to help. They can help by doing stuff on the internet or whatnot, sure. no matter where they are. Yeah, a good example of of how to help from outside of the area, of course, a would be to contribute uh, either to you know Free Talk Live, either the AMP program, or or FreeKeen.com. Uh, or whatever activist group that you want to contribute to, um, or when somebody gets in trouble, like uh, Lauren Canario or Russell Cannon gets arrested for some silly charge and thrown into jail, then, uh, Dave, you you and some of the other activists usually post the phone numbers of the bureaucrats that are behind this, uh, the, the judge or the prosecutor and that sort of thing. And somebody that lives outside of the of the area could very easily call those people and and make a difference. You know, tell them, hey, let this person go. You shouldn't be holding so and so. This is this is unjust. You know, I just wanted to let I you know how if, I felt. Hmm? If they get a call from Liam in Sweden, that's gonna be even more effective than getting a call from some guy down the street. It could be, I suppose. It, it, it will certainly throw them off. Yeah, they, they wouldn't be expecting that. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to think about that. I mean, they'd, they'd realize that they are being watched much further out than they'd originally intended to mm. be. So, very good. Dave, anything else you wanted to share? Nothing else I can think of. Thanks for the call, sir. We appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. 800-259-9231. You know what? That's It's so important for people to, to have a vision for what they want to see, mm. whether it be activism, whether it be in their personal life, whether it be in business, you have to have a goal. You have to have something to work towards. Because if you don't know what your goals are, how the hell are you ever going to get there? Now, I don't know that I came to New Hampshire knowing what my freedom goals were. I knew that um, I knew that the Free State Project would work. If you get 20,000 people in one state, especially a state the size of New Hampshire, you're going to, at the very least, arrest the growth of government and hopefully return that state to some... A larger state of liberty than it is at that at that, that at that time. Right. Lower taxes, you know, that kind of thing. More social uh, sort of uh, liberties. And I didn't really have any clear picture as to what it was that I hoped to see before you came here. Before I came here, I just knew that it would happen if it if the Free State Project went off, you know, and mm-hmm. we got uh, twenty thousand people here. It happened. 
But well, because you, know, you knew that other people had vision, right? I, I just knew that um, at you know f- now when I'm sitting here with 450 free staters in the state, 200 or so movers, 200 250 mm-hmm. movers, something like that. Um, somewhere already here. I can see that liberty's happening. I can see that people are making a difference. I can see people are in action. I can see the politicians are paying attention. And to me, there's no doubt in my mind that we don't need 20,000, maybe 2,000. Um, I'm not saying that I don't think we should get to 20,000. We absolutely should get to that number. But we get 2,000 movers, and it's going to make a big, big difference. Yeah, you keep on, I keep on hearing these low numbers, like there's only 400 in the state or so. But it's important to point out that a lot of the people that are getting involved are, getting, are locals. I mean, mm-hmm. Free Minds TV is mostly run by people who were born in New Hampshire and mm-hmm. live in New Hampshire and aren't part of the Free State Project. But have been inspired by the Free State Project. Exactly. So I think that number of 400 people, of 400 activists, is really much larger because of the activists that are here. That's a good point. And I think that, um, and Ian's pointed it out many times uh, about the Free State, uh, about New Hampshire in general, is that they understand liberty concepts here a little bit better um, than than other people do in the rest of the United States, or at least where I've been. It's true. People just don't really get it elsewhere, but they have that sort of rugged individualism here in New Hampshire that they understand a lot of freedom issues. Yeah, they do. In fact, you know, back uh, back to vision, and you said that Mark, when you moved here, you didn't specifically have a vision for what. You know, for what was going to happen or what you your role was going to be. Mm-hmm. But you did know that other people did have vision. You did know that things were happening right. that, you know, were, were pretty interesting. And it's okay. You don't have to have a vision before you come here. And you may not ever get one. You may just be, you know, there are different roles for different people. Some people ha- are that sort of those natural leaders, like the instigators, the people that are going to come up with things to do. They're, they're going to create the organizations for you to just come here and plug into. You know, there are a number of people who that's their appropriate role is to come and plug in and be a part of something you know show up at a protest go to a, a rally in concord or you know be just one of the, uh, the the mass on the ground but what you'll find is that as you plug yourself into the different activism things that are going on whether they be political or apolitical you'll find yourself inspired eventually i don't think that you thought you were going to be on a television show mark when you came up here i certainly didn't imagine that but now you are more on the way you can take control this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, but only moments remain. So if you want to get on the line, now would be the time to do it. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at Amazon. But go through our link. It's amazon.freetalklive.com. So when you enter through that portal... Free Talk Live gets a percentage of anything that you purchase. There are 40 categories for you to shop in. In many cases, free Super Saver shipping on a lot of items. So you just go in through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, load up your cart with all the stuff you need for life, and feel good knowing that you got a great deal. Free Super Saver shipping in, in many cases, and you're helping Free Talk Live out all at the same time. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, Mark, uh, let's go to a story. I said we were going to do pretty pills, but that I'll save for Friday because Julia will be on the show at that point. It's kind of a chick story, so we'll do that then. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, from the AP, staff members of an elementary school staged a fictitious gun attack on students during a classroom trip, telling them it was not a drill as the children cried and hid under their tables. 
The oh my. Mock, right. <laughs> this is crazy. The mock attack Thursday night was intended as a learning experience and lasted five minutes during the week-long trip to a state park, said Scales Elementary School Assistant Principal Don Barchik, who led the trip. We got together and discussed um, what we would have um, done in a real situation, he said. Both parents of the six, but parents, excuse me, but parents of the sixth grade students were outraged. The children were in that room in the dark begging for their lives because they thought there was someone with a gun after them, said Bradley Cole, whose son went on the trip. Some parents said that they were upset by the uh, staff's poor judgment in the light of April 16th shootings in Virginia Tech that left 33 students and professors dead, including the gunman. During the last night of the trip, staff members convinced the 69 students that there was a gunman on the loose and they were told to lie on the floor or hide underneath tables and stay quiet. Is this a government school? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an elementary school. Yeah, Got absolutely. It. Okay. Um, Just want to make sure. They were told to lie on the floor and hide underneath tables and stay quiet. A teacher disguised in a hooded sweatshirt even pulled on a um, locked door. Goodness. After, after the lights went out, about 20 kids started That's to cry. That's scary, man. Yep. These are sixth graders. 11-year-old Shay Naylor said, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I yes, thought I was going to die. We all flipped out. <laughs> Principal Catherine Stephen declined to say whether the staff or members of the staff involved noticed anybody flipping out. No, it would face disciplinary action, but said that the situation involved poor judgment. Yep, and since it's <laughs> a government school... what to think about this. And since it's a government school, the situation also means that no one will be held accountable for it. Oh, I think somebody's head's going to roll for this one. Nah. This is, this is stupid, but at the same time, I think it is a real learning experience. I don't know even know what I think. I mean, you know, this is this is what it could have been like and really really dumb for a public school teacher to be doing this nonsense. You know what this makes me think is, you know how we talk about, well, what if that person one person in the room had been armed and was able to protect the rest of them from mm-hmm. a real shooter? Wow. <laughs> Whoever was in that hooded sweatshirt sure is lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Catch a bullet through the door. <laughs> Uh, I don't think. Well, uh, first of all, I don't it, think that very right. many sixth graders, graders would be armed. But... And secondly, <laughs> anybody that um, is to be armed should understand how to use a gun and when a when in when it is appropriate to uh, to use a gun. And of course, that is when you're actually being threatened with with bod- bodily injury and, and death. In this case, well, uh, someone, they were. They were. <laughs> they were being threatened with it. Well, they were lied to by the, the authorities. But uh, they believed it. They yeah. were crying. Of course they believed it. Of course. It's scary. I know. I know. Well, that's, that's All I'm saying is if that teacher got shot, the hooded uh, sweatshirt teacher got shot, it would have been their own damn fault. Right. It's kind of like a bank robber going into a, into a bank with a fake gun. I mean, uh-huh. They yeah. deserve uh-huh. whatever uh-huh. happens you to You get them. what you Just get. Kidding. It's true. 800-259-9231. I am so stupefied by the whole thing. Well, there you go. Put your kids in a government school, and you are at their mercy. They'll come up with all kinds of stupid things to do. And this is what they're doing when they could have been uh, educating, you know, running drills. Well, this was some kind of uh, week-long trip where, I don't know, you sent your sixth-grade girl off to get pregnant or something. I'm not yeah, exactly that's sure. That's really that... weird. I don't... <laughs> do they do that thing? That that's sort of never thing? happened to me. I, I know that, uh, I, you know... <laughs> Was it you all girls, or was it um, a mix of There was of no kids. indication of uh, the genders of any of them. I, I see. You know, I, only that there was that one girl that's like, oh, my God. Um, 
You, no, you couldn't send me to a church group for, uh, for 24 hours to stay over at the church without uh, <laughs> somebody getting touched in an inappropriate fashion. You definitely could not send me off with a uh, uh, you know 96 of my peers uh, from school without some kind of sexual contact happening. Sixth grade is awful. Was, would have that's been awful awfully young. young. 800-259. They, they learn quick now. 9231. Uh, all right. So, you know what? We had a request over the weekend, and I'm going to fulfill that request. Harry Brown's article was requested, the one that he wrote immediately after the September 11th attacks. It was mm-hmm. written on September 12th, 2001. I believe this to be uh, the full version, but it seems kind of truncated. So either way, it's got the basics of that particular article and should fit right in here to the end of the show. The hey, terrorist- don't forget the Ron Paul thing. We we'll get to review. that. Uh, we'll give you the we'll re-give you the info on how to vote for Ron Paul. The terrorist attacks against America comprise a horrible tragedy, but they shouldn't be a surprise. It is well known that in war, the first casualty is truth, that during any war, truth is forsaken for propaganda. But sanity was a prior casualty. It was the loss of sanity that led to the war in the first place. Our foreign policy has been insane for decades. It was only a matter of time until Americans would have to suffer personally for it. It's a terrible tragedy of life that the innocent so often have to suffer for the sins of the guilty. When will we learn that we can't allow our politicians to bully the world without someone bullying back eventually? President Bush has authorized continued bombing of innocent people in Iraq. Clinton bombed innocent people in the Sudan, uh, Serbia, Afghanistan, and Iraq. And Bush Sr. invaded Iraq and Panama. President Reagan bombed innocent people in Libya and invaded Grenada. And on and on it goes. Did we think that the people who lost their families and friends and property and all that destruction would love America for what happened? When will we learn that violence always begets more violence? Supposedly, Reagan bombed Libya to teach Muammar Gaddafi al-Qaddafi a lesson about terrorism. But shortly thereafter, a Pan Am plane was destroyed over Scotland, and our government tried to convince the world it was the Libyans who did it. When will we learn that teaching someone a lesson never teaches anything but resentment, that it only inspires the recipient to greater acts of defiance? Right. How would, how would we learn um, if somebody taught us a lesson. Look, they were teaching us a lesson on 9-11. How did that work out for them? How many times on Tuesday did we hear someone describe the terrorist attacks as cowardly acts, but as misguided and despicable as they were, they were anything but cowardly. The people who committed them knowingly gave their lives for whatever stupid beliefs they held. But what about the American presidents who order bombings of innocent people, while the presidents themselves remain completely insulated from any danger? What would you call their acts? When will, we be, when will we learn that forsaking truth and reason in the heat of battle almost always assures that we will lose the battle? And now, as sure as night follows day, we'll be told we must give up more of our freedoms to avenge what never should have happened in the first place. And he's right, we were. When will we learn that it makes no sense to give up our freedoms in the name of freedom? What should be done? First of all, stop the hysteria. Stand back and ask how this could have happened. Ask how a prosperous country isolated by two oceans could have so embroiled itself in other people's business that someone would want to do us harm. Even sitting in the middle of Europe, Switzerland isn't beset by terrorist attacks because the Swiss mind their own business. Second, resolve that we won't let our leaders use this occasion to commit their own terrorist acts upon more innocent people, foreign and domestic, that will inspire more terrorist attacks in the future. And third, find a way with enforceable constitutional limits to prevent our leaders, and I don't like that term, they're government bureaucrats and politicians, from ever provoking this kind of anger against America. There are those who will say that this article is unpatriotic and un-American, that this is not a time to question our country or our leaders. When will we learn that without freedom and sanity, 
There is no reason to be patriotic. Harry Brown uh, form, unfortunately lost his life, uh, I think it was last year, over a year ago at this point. He lived a long life. And uh, a lot of people. He was the 2000 and 1996 Libertarian Party candidate for president. All of his articles that he ever wrote, and many of them are fantastic, are archived permanently at his website at harrybrown.org. In fact, his books, uh, which of which I recommend, uh, why, why Government Doesn't Work, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. Yeah, that's a good one. Fail-safe investing. Um, all of his most popular books are available in a downloadable PDF format for less than 10 bucks a pop. They're great. Highly recommend them. You can go to harrybrown.org to grab, uh, to grab those up. So, Mark, um, in these remaining moments, let's give our listeners one more set of instructions on how to vote for Ron Paul as the winner of tonight's debate uh, on Fox News. Simple. All you've got to do is text message this number, 36988. That's the, essentially the telephone number, 36988. And you text message the message R7 and send it. Letter R, numeral 7, together. Right. To no 36988. And then that's how you vote for Ron Paul. And that's what's going to determine who won the debate tonight. Text message to 36988. The message is R7. R7. It has been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And we will see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.